What's up, Familia? We have a very special guest in the Power of X-Men Treehouse today. We are obsessed with his cosplay. We met him at WonderCon. Chubb, both both you and I are friends with him. We, we talked right. to him. He has a wonderful cosplay. He's he's done collabs with our IRL God Queen, Michelle Waffle Dedo, as you can see here in the background. We have Drew Galos in the house. Hey, everyone. Hey, Paul. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Good. How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um, yes, as, as, as I was saying, I just was working on a little cosplay earlier this morning, actually. Um, trying not to do too much. Trying to not to get bogged myself down right after Halloween, though. What okay, did you okay. dress as for Halloween? And what did you do for Halloween? For Halloween, I went... I, I finally caved and did a Stranger Things cosplay because I've had a mullet for like a year and a half. And last convention I went to, people, like, after I got out, all, out of all my cosplays, people thought I was still cosplaying Stranger Things just because I, like, had a lot of 70s outfits that I brought, apparently. And I had, like, this big old mullet. Um, and then I also did Tom Holland from his lip sync battle. Oh, yes! I'm obsessed with that cosplay. I literally, my mouth felt, you look so good in it. Thank you. That was all. Um, every piece of that had to be like rebought that day because Amazon didn't deliver anything. So I was like oh, running around my town at the, like secondhand stores and the art stores trying to find like a wig at last minute. Oh, you know what it reminds me of? Did you guys see all the memes this year where it's like gays be like, I'm this person at like the 42nd second of this like music video and this one scene? Like it's such a neat, well, not a niche callback because it's quite a famous video, but it's like. It's quite like a several years ago, so quite yeah, quite mm. smart to do something like that and not uh, one of the more obvious costumes from this year. Oh, wait, I have to know what was the inspiration for the Tom Holland lip sync battle? I mean, you kind of even look like him when you have that wig on. I, I had to do a double take on it. So, but is it because people are like, "Oh, you kind of look like Tom Holland," or just because that is like an iconic Tom Holland moment? Um, I, I have heard that I look like Tom Holland before. Um, obviously have a crush on him because he's you know <laughs> spider-man one of the earliest animated characters i've ever had a crush on so uh just kind of love tom holland for that but yeah somebody once said it was like hey this would be a great cosplay for dragon con one year and i didn't really want to do that i was like uh i'd rather do something more superhero-esque for dragon con so i kind of just pushed this away until halloween Oh, we're going to get into your DragonCon looks because you did one with friend of the podcast and one of our BFFs, Jason, Nerd Alert. You guys did a Wolverine and Cyclops like under the Christmas tree. You guys were kind of like elves. Am I remembering this correctly? Yeah, that was fun. That was his idea. That was a lot of fun because that was I'd already had a bunch of Cyclops gear, but I'd never done a Cyclops cosplay yet. So he was just like, bring it to the holiday con. We got to we'll wear this, do this little combo group. So that was is that, oh, so is that a different con to Dragon Con then? That's like a Christmas one. Yes, that's Holiday Matsuri. So it's like it's supposed to be anime con, but I think I have like one anime con- cosplay ever. I mostly just do like have superheroes and movie characters. So I just did Cyclops, and then we made I made Christmas presents for both of us, and with his, he like stabbed his Wolverine claws through it, and for mine, I like burned. Um, I I this was a hard choice for me. So for Cyclops, his I like burned a hole as if his eye beams, optic beams went through it. And I was like, I know somebody's gonna sass me about how there's no heat to this. Yeah, it's supposed to be combustible, like <laughs> and not. But it just wouldn't look cool. It, it... No, it wouldn't. No, no, it's okay. Listen, for the sake of cosplay, people need to. 
put aside their nerdum and just be like, damn, that is that that is lit your cosplay. Wait, so that wasn't Dragon Con, that was something else. No, that was a holiday con. That was oh, okay. Ooh, where's that one? Holiday Matsuri? Is, is it a, is it a holiday inn? <laughs> um, that one's actually in Florida. It's right by uh mm. right by, oh. well, it used to be right by Walt Disney World and they're okay, so... somewhere. Oh. somewhere. I've just been it, in Florida for the last year. I don't know any of the cons except for Megacon. I haven't been to. I've only been to the Holiday Matsuri there. It was fun. It's it's in December, but it's Florida, so it's like we're in. Time. You're in. You're in a bathing suit in a Santa hat, basically. <laughs> Which is what everyone wants to see. Oh, essentially. my dream! Yeah. Wait, Drew, are you are you based in L.A.? Where no, are you based? Based. Where are you based? Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta. Oh, I love Atlanta. Yeah, it's, it's a great a town. Do you see a lot of like the MCU, MCU celebrities when they're filming the movies there? I see a lot of the film setup. I, my friends see a lot of celebrities. Mm -hmm. I feel like I haven't seen one yet. Oh, so I've, okay. So I'm going to say it, but I bet you I'm going to get canceled for it because they canceled you with the Chris Evans. So I was at a place in London just this afternoon having a drink with a friend from New York that she's visiting. And this guy Daddy walked from by. Koreatown. <laughs> Daddy yeah. Koreatown. Um, and this guy walks by, he's wearing his sunglasses inside, and he's this like gigantic blonde guy. And he walks by, and I go, Oh, I, I, like my friend sees me do a double take. My friend looks and he goes, Is that Chris Hemsworth? And I'm like, mm, It looks like him, but like, you know, surely not, you know. Anyways, he walks by again, and we're at like this weird table right near to this like stairwell inside the venue. And he just stops there and his like entourage and started talking to him. And sure enough, it was Chris Hemsworth. And he started talking, like the Australian accent came out. Um, and I was like, oh my God, that's an amazing slab spot, isn't it? Seeing Chris Hemsworth. He is jacked in real life. Oh my God. Um, yeah. I saw him at San Diego Comic-Con, like maybe 2018, something like that. The one thing, I, I didn't recognize him initially because who expects to run into Chris well, that's Hemsworth? Well, right? Right? Um, he's huge. He's like so yeah. tall. And I and like I'm not the tallest person in the room, but I am six feet. And even I was like, "Wow, who's that tall guy?" And then Jeff, my husband's like, "Oh, that's Chris Hemsworth." And I was like, "Fuck, I should have asked for a selfie." But Chris Hemsworth, who else? <laughs> Obby, who else is it going to be? But yeah, I'm sorry, baby, you didn't get a photo, so no, there's no proof. But you know, it was what was funny is because when he walked by, he had big aviators on, and like he's always like you could tell, like even if I I caught a quick glance at him at the beginning, I was like, he's quite a handsome guy. So I was like. What a douchebag like guy that thinks he's hot walking around with his sunglasses inside. And then I was like, oh, he's allowed to walk with his sunglasses inside because he's famous. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But we're here to talk about Drew, not about celebs. Wait, Drew, can I ask, is your Instagram name inspired by Legolas? Are you like a bloomy? Is that what they used to call them back in the day, bloomies? Okay. It's inspired by Lord of the Rings. Like, like in general, not Orlando Blooms. <laughs> um, it's inspired by like we, one of my friends' groups were really into a Lord of the Rings video game, right? When I was before I even had an instant messenger account, like very early when I was young, and so I just like you, we gave ourselves nicknames that night during the night of based on like the Lord of the Rings characters, and then I just use it as a screen name ever since. Oh, I love it. Drugalus is an iconic username for sure. And you know, everyone remembers my first name because it's in it. <laughs> yeah. See, this is somebody who thought about the branding beforehand and thought, didn't come up with a, a shit handle. 
Bitch, we get it. We're going to rebrand you. Don't worry. It's coming. 2024. We're going to yeah. relaunch you at WonderCon. And we'll be like, where's Jugalus? And he's just at a wedding. At a wedding. At a wedding. Saturday night. And I was like, at least if it was Friday, I could still jettison over there. You should just be like, I got the COVID. Uh-huh. And then they see photos of him. Yeah, and then they see photos of him. <laughs> Well, we're sorry we're not going to see you at WonderCon because we are going to be there. Me, Sean, Scott, and Flinkman, and Michelle, we're all sort of assembling there. I don't, Hammy can't make it now, right? I think Hammy no, said he's going to make so. it. But he's going to LA Comic Con next month. Oh, okay, but... cool. Oh, I'm going too. I'll see him. I'm so excited. And Drew's Drew, going. Drew, you're going to LA Comic Con? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I got to make up. I was telling him I have to make up for not being able to make West Coast. I drag like some West Coast friends to Dragon Con every year. I have to return the favor. So, who g- give us a preview for LA Comic Con before we dive into your origin and everything with cosplaying? What what can we expect from your looks at LA Comic Con? Um, ideally, so I haven't finished anything. It's only two because I have to get there Saturday afternoon. Okay. Um, so I've been trying to finish the '90s Cyclops. Ah. <gasps> Oh. oh, he's coming for your wig. He's, co- he's coming for my gig, girl. <laughs> you, girl, you're going to be unemployed. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be unemployed. Um, that is also my biggest foam project. I've done. I don't do foam. It's very little foam, but it's still the most foam I've ever done. Okay. I just sew and make 3D prints. I hate, I hate foam. Okay, fair enough. I don't know anything about cosplay and why foam would be uh, hard to do, but I trust you. I, most people think it's easy talk to anyone they're like i love me i love it i, I don't okay there's no fair. control c on foam there is on my 3d printing um but i'm also trying to do something ooh, this is like a mashup so i'm doing a nightwing with a starro mask <gasps> yeah. oh cool. i'm gonna redo it and make it patrick star from spongebob Stop. So that just, is gonna be iconic yeah today and tomorrow i'm finishing printing up the jellyfish nets they use on spongebob and i'm going to replace nightwing's eskimos with the little jellyfish nets i so, am obsessed with this yeah. yes 100 first of all i love cyclops i love nightwing and i i'm not a big spongebob fan but i get the reference you're gonna nail it i we need to get a photo of you as 90 cyclops in front of michelle and jordan's Krakoan gate that they're going to be bringing oh, have you seen that all that that was um uh, the girl with the great smile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that today. That looks amazing. I cannot wait for it. The amount of photo ops we're going to do in front of it. And Sean, we'll just Photoshop you in there. Yeah. I was just chatting with her. I was like, can you use the gate to get me to LA from here? That'd be really helpful. Thanks. <laughs> but just fly in for the weekend. You'll have fun. <laughs> it's my birthday weekend. You should come. Oh, I know. Yeah, I don't have any days left. I just used the last of my holidays to book something. So. Boo, you whore. Boo. Yeah. Anyways. Eight weeks of vacation? Yeah, I've taken all eight weeks. <laughs> so you've taken wait, you have eight weeks of vacation? Uh I get like thirty-two days plus bank holidays. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Okay. We're gonna circle well, back on that in the future episode. <laughs> gotta gotta move to Europe. Yeah. All right, Drew, give us the origin story on, on your fandom. Let's start with a very easy question, which is what was the first experience you had with the X-Men? I have to feel like, like it's the cartoon must have been it. 
But, but also, which one? This is where we age him. Yes, the earliest one. I was super young when it came out. The early so like, us too. Yeah. Um. So I know I watched it and I absorbed it, but there's no way I like remembered and cared as much. Wait, are you talking about Spider-Man and his amazing friends or X-Men 92? Oh, no, I, I did watch Spider-Man and his amazing friends in reruns, and I did not understand most of it. I was like, who's this girl in it? it was I like, know Firestar. Firestar, right? I was like, who is this? I know. Uh, but when I say it was X-Men Legends was the biggest, like, my decision to be an X-Men fan was that video game. Okay, and how old were you around when X-Men Legends came out? I was pretty old at that point. Like... Well, I guess because it came out in 2005. Yeah. Um, Because I was looking this up today. So it was either that or when did X-Men Evolution come out? Whichever was first. X-Men Evolution was like early odds. So I want to say around 2000 because it was synchronized with the release of the the first X-Men film. So it would have been 2000, 2001. Okay, then maybe that that was my first like independent decision to like the X-Men was like that move show came out. Um, I love it fully the full x-men characterizations i listen we're 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 major stands of x-men evolution here i we we've had maggie o'hara who was the voice of kitty pride on the podcast or excuse me on x-men evolution and she was such a joy to have we've had stephen e gordon as well it it was a great series and it beat pokemon in ratings and they theorize this because they had a bigger uh piece of the pie with the with the kids market they were able to get girls as well they were able to get that female audience and they so. still only gave them like three seasons i forgot you know what we talked about why it got canceled it was semantics i asked you why it got canceled i think it was because there wasn't a streamline of revenue which marvel i'm reading the reign of the mcu book right now and they talk about how marvel was all about making money off of other revenues so toys being one of them yeah. so i, I want to say it was probably that they just did not have the merch and that's why they ended up canceled it same with teen titans yeah um i did get to meet Stephen e gordon recently actually maybe my last WonderCon trip or the one before it yeah that's where i met him too yeah i was dressed as um a, a gender bent version of rogue how did i miss this <laughs> have you even posted that i don't think i've ever seen that photo i don't think i've seen it either i have so i didn't though i didn't really have a full wig i just had like a little piece attached to my hair and i did not like how it ended up by the end of the day so mm-hmm. i don't have a lot of good pictures but i do have a picture with steven that he like he like ran up to me and wanted to get it oh i did because that was like his character so that was probably that was a very exciting moment well, we love Steven so much. He he does on occasion listen to the podcast. So shout out to him if he's listening. But we should also have you come up and ask him some questions next time he's on because he is such a joy to have and he's a lot of fun. And X-Men Evolution, Sean, I don't know your history with it. Have you ever seen an episode of X-Men Evolution? I've seen episodes, but I think we covered this. Did we like were we discussing with Luigi where we were like we're we're probably just of that age where yeah we like i stopped watching we, we tapped probably, out yeah we tapped yeah. out at that point so like i i can't say that i've seen like from beginning to end but i've definitely like watched an episode here or there it, it's very curious we were of that generation where it's like harry potter and x-men evolution i just compared the two but that's sort of when we were becoming fully realized teens so if we had just been a year or two younger we probably yeah. would have been obsessed with harry potter and x-men evolution but 
I, I've seen X-Men Evolution because I'm an X fan, but it didn't resonate with me in the way that the animated series did or even Wolverine and the X-Men, which would come later. But as an adult, I chose to watch Wolverine and the X-Men. I um, I did my best not to watch that, actually. Oh, really? really? I, I didn't I, like it as it was coming out. So I'm, I'm going to side with you on this. I finally, So I am not a Wolverine fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he's overrated. And, you know, he's been shoehorned into every x-men media property i i think i was reading i don't know if there's ever been an x-men movie tv show or video game that has not had wolverine maybe one of the maybe dark phoenix dark phoenix apocalypse had him yeah Uh, dark phoenix didn't have him okay good we we broke the curse you can like out (laughs) although that's the worst (laughs) x-men movie though (laughs) that's true i mean sadly i mean listen i agree with you i agree also disagree hold on there's a difference too between Wolverine the character and Hugh Jackman in a movie because Hugh Jackman's Wolverine, I feel like, is amazing. And but I agree with you completely that like for me, Wolverine growing up, I was never a massive fan because just like he's that overdone character that is everywhere, and he's like the badass that everybody loves. That I've never gravitated towards those types of characters. Yeah, I I also think like I knew the plot of Wolverine the X Men was like Wolverine the responsible leader, and then Cyclops is this weird place where he's kind of they, they just like switched their roles and i thought it was like too disrespectful i i consider it disrespectful to cyclops to i agree 100 percent. but um i was told that i needed to watch it and i finally caved and i watched, and i did like it it's not bad if you look at it, it, it listen it's an insult at the time because wolverine's being shoehorned in there for the obvious reasons but the actual story and the characters that appear it's like the justice league unlimited of x-men so if you can get over the wolverine you know wolverine is kind of like the pill you have to swallow but there's a lot of ice cream around it yes. so you know in in that regard it's very sweet and it's very popcorny but okay wait but so so it was it was you you saw the animated show when you were young, you were you didn't know what you were watching, but you were able to sort of metabolize it. Then X Men Evolution, you made the conscious choice, and you also played X Men Legends, and we love X Men Legends here uh, so much. I love. I I tracked everything of that game as it was happening. There was so we put. I put. I had a lot of brothers, and we'd all play it. The worst part about the game, which they fixed in the sequel, is all the single player mandatory missions because it's Agreed. a co op game. And so people are just sitting there and watching. It's so frustrating, especially like because you're like you're dying to play as Xavier, right? Just to see how he will pilot, and then it's just one person, so you have to choose. I I don't have a lot of brothers, but me and my husband were together at the time, and we'd be like, "Oh, this is the Xavier mission," and then we'd have to choose who plays it, and you know, you both of you want to play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he like I get because that, that was an astral plane because he just starts walking around. Yeah. And did you do that thing where, like, because you have lots of brothers, you're like, it's my turn now. I'm playing. You you played the last 10 minutes. (laughs) Is that your best impersonation of a, like, teenage boy fighting? I I love that. I think we just had to just, we had to be like, okay, it's whoever had the first player controller. Um, We played it a lot in car rides, driving to Florida to see family. We had, like, a a little tiny TV set up, and we'd hook it up into the car. Um, So we just had to deal with whoever had first, because you can't really fight that easily in a van there i x-men legends was probably a turning point for the x-men in 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 the early aughts because you had just finished grant morrison's new x-men in the comics the movie last stand was on the horizon and there was a lot of hype for it it didn't deliver on the hype but there was hype for it 
And then you got this amazing video game, which at the time was very unheard of to have this four player, you know, choose a plethora out of a plethora of X-Men. So we love that so much. Yeah. We had we had Pat, who was the director of X-Men Legends on the podcast, and he gave us all the tea on everything that was going on there. You know, Angel was originally supposed to be playable and that midway through the game, he would have been Archangel. And if you remember, they had sort of like dystopian alternate skins uh, for the characters. And that's because they were going to do a Days of Future past timeline. And then your mission would have been to go back in time to stop Magneto from throwing Asteroid M onto the planet or, or Comet, whichever, whatever it was. But I I love that game so much. And so many people still want X-Men Legends 3. Yes, they like, went over to the Ultimate Alliance. But Apocalypse was in the sequel, I think, right? So they probably Apocalypse had, was a sequel. They added Archangel, you just couldn't play him. Yeah, so they were able to finally carry out Archangel in, in X-Men Legends 2, which was really nice. And then the ending with Sinister laughing was going to be that uh, Sinister had DNA from Quicksilver, because Qu Quicksilver was one of the five, Magneto and Xavier, and he was going to create Onslaught. And uh, so X-Men Legends 3 would have been Onslaught, and then they were going to do House of M at one point. So, it's so how many how many X Men things have ended with like sinister being an Easter egg that just never come to fruition? All of them, especially X Men Apocalypse. X Men yeah. Apocalypse. Okay. Anyways, we could do all of that. Sorry. As well, the end of X Men Evolution was just like a, these are all the plot points we wanted to do, but we can't, and it just shows like sinister and Dark Phoenix and everything. Yeah, and the project Wide Awake. I don't think sinister was on there, but Stephen talked about that. That was their definitive end. They knew they were going to get canceled. They knew the show was coming to an end. So it's actually an urban myth that some people have thought that that was what season six would have been. Season five, I, I believe. But it wasn't. It was just their their way of saying that the X-Men would endure for whatever comes tomorrow. And I think that's a beautiful ending. But I'm throwing it to Sean now for the next question because we can dwell on X-Men Evolution and X-Men Legends. I do want to I do want to take it back because I do remember my actual first time like Diving into X-Men now. Oh, tell us. Plastic Book Fair. In mm. There was a little book. A little book. It was like a tiny little children's encyclopedia of the X-Men. It basically went over all the main five and Professor X and like a couple others. Um, and it wasn't even a comic. It was basically like an encyclopedia of how X-Men started. And that was my first, like, when I fell in love with X-Men. Hang on, I'm Googling this. Oh, I, I think I've seen it here. Is it Uncanny X-Men Origin Story? It might. Is it a big white cover? Let me see. No, this one has this one has Wolverine, Cyclops, and Xavier on it. Let me see. Oh, you, are you thinking of the X-Men First Class Digest? That might be it. That may be it. I don't know. There, there's obviously hundreds of them out there for Scholastic Book Fair. I... I miss the Scholastic Book Fair. Did you ever have those, Sean, oh, across the pond? Yes, right. Oh, no, you like, weren't well, across the pond. You were here. You no, I was in Canada yeah. at the time, but let's see if it's the same as like American. So you basically like, they give you like this really thin paper thing that's maybe like two pages long. Yeah. Oh, no, wait, is that different? That's like when you ordered from like the book. No, you that's did so have to check off what you wanted and you had to bring it to like whoever the administrator was. And then you'd like cut out the back thing, which said like what you wanted with yeah, like, a check. Yeah. And then yeah. like a few days later, like or a week later, your book would come. Is that um we actually had them on site for my school. Like you actually went like your your cafeteria would turn into like a scholastic book fair or our library in this case. Yeah. 
you know, was so connected to our cafeteria. So that's what I'm saying. There was two different things. So there was once in a while there'd be a book fair where they'd come and be physically in the school. Yeah. And then there was the other thing where I remember it'd be maybe like four times a year, you get like this two page, almost like catalog of like books or like it'd be books. And it might be a book that came with a special pencil and eraser. And yeah. Like click off at the back what you wanted. And your parents would like write a check and you'd send that in. My the book I wanted so badly was a clueless tie-in to the movie. It was like a post, like what happened to the characters afterwards, oh and I was obsessed. I got there at six a.m. and I waited in front of the library door just for it to open so I can get it. It's insane. I, I wasn't I wasn't tracking the X Men like Drew here. No, that was the era of like Goosebumps for me. Oh. Like when I was like that young, I was like which Goosebumps could you get? And like I remember they would always come out a bit later in Canada than the States, but my dad was a pilot, so he'd travel like quite a bit to the States. So like he could sometimes get me the the goosebump before it came to Canada and then you'd feel like super cool. You're like, oh, I've got like number 64 when you're all in number 63. <laughs> Wait, Drew, did you read Goosebumps? No, my dad is also a pilot though. Oh awesome. really? Wow. For what airline? Delta. Delta. I love okay. Delta. I have status on Delta, so yes. Wait, wait, Sean, what was your dad a pilot for? Like which airline? Well, given I'm Canadian, which one do you think it's going to be? Oh, fine. Fuck off. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Air Canada, by the way. In case <laughs> okay. So so you, you learned about the X-Men. You were very obsessed, you know, at, at, with X-Men Evolution and X-Men Legends. Did When did you start reading the comics? We know you are going back to issue one and you're trying to read through the history when did you start diving into the comics? Um, so we didn't have a comic book store growing up in my entire town. Um, really? So first time I ever read an X-Men comic was probably at an airport waiting for our flight. Um, so I just like scurried off to the bookstore and found X-Men comics and read those while we were waiting for a flight. Uh, and then I didn't read... Like I read, I maybe found some every once in a while. Um, I think I got some combat, some Gambit comics for a birthday once, and I read through those, and they were just like the one-offs. Um, it really did start when I just bought the entire like thick, thick compendium of the first like volume of all X Men. Was me actually sitting down to read them? I find them so intimidating. Those like big, like like you said, compendium. The omnibus, like, yeah, the omnibuses. It's I like can't. A... I, there are a lot of people who collect them. Planet X Men, CC, Gris loves the omnibuses. I, much like you, Sean, I'm intimidated by them. I'd rather have a digital, you know, where I can just go through it like that. But they inspire so much passion for for fans. And picking that up, man, that that must have been like a complete like reading like experience. Yeah, I was. I was still in college, so it was had spare time more spare time than my teachers wanted me to use <laughs> well um yeah I, I could just I just on weekends i just open it up and trying to read through a bunch of them and it's so... do you have a favorite like storyline or era um i feel like what's a, a favorite storyline from back then would probably be or modern time i mean yeah. don't, don't, don't pigeonhole yourself I think just purely for much how much I like partially love it and partially hate it is anytime Professor Xavier just pretends to be dead. <laughs> favorite. Because he's such an a-hole. He's just like, I was in the basement. I had somebody else die for me, and I just went to the basement for a year. Fair. 
and it, that would later come out that Gene knew um, all along that he hadn't really died. And that would also be part of the ammunition during Onslaught, why he was secretly in love with her. Like, Professor Xavier is truly, like, such a fucking asshole. Yes, he is. Because um, I think the last time he did that, it was just... I don't know if I'm thinking of two different times or one time where he just had Mimic or someone just, like, die in his place. Yeah, it's just one time there. Yeah. And then Alex, I love Havoc. He's he. I like him and Polaris. I love together, and he's just like, I know how to stop aliens, and in a few months I'll tell you why, but I'm not going to tell you yet. <laughs> Xavier's such a jerk, man. Wait, wait. So you you love Havoc and Polaris? We're big Polaris fans here on the podcast. Who is your favorite X Man or mutant in general? It doesn't have to be an X Man specifically, but who's your favorite mutant? Um, I want to say growing up, it was Iceman, of course. Um, especially at Legends because you just like freeze people. He had really freeze cool- frame. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Nightcrawler was always a big one. That one was influenced by X Men Evolution because he was the goofy, the little goofy sidekick guy. And Steven told us he was based off of Steven's son, who is gay. So they kind of made him undertones with a lot of LGBTQIA um identity with him I'd heard, I'd heard nightcrawler having some sort of lgbt undertones i didn't know why so it was x-men and evolution and then there is a cover from a wolverine series back during the early aughts where he's standing naked in front of wolverine and wolverine's looking at him those would be the only two major times that i could think of off the top of my head i'm sure there could be more so the family at home can slide into our dms and let us know or slide into drugalus's dms and let him know but uh, that's probably where you're getting some of those undertones where a lot of people are identifying him as that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd seen the, I'd seen the, co- the comic cover of him mm-hmm. over it because that's always, I don't think I've ever seen that. I'll send it. I, I'm going to Google it. Yeah. We're... Just Google Wolverine nightcrawler gay and it'll come up. I, it's, a I'm weird... sure a lot of other things are going to come up. Hold on. Let me, it doesn't really have anything to do with the actual issue. I can't remember what the actual issue was, but it's definitely not part of the story in any way, shape or form. Okay. So Iceman nightcrawler. Those are really, what about X woman? You got, come on. You got to tell us an X woman that you're obsessed with. Um, I will say one of my favorite recurring bits, especially in the 80s, is how every single villain is like, I'm going to kill the X-Men, but I'm going to marry Storm. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like, you got. To, I, I know at least Doctor Doom and uh, Dracula are just out to marry Storm. And I'm like, this is great. She's killing it out there. She's, she's going to get married to every villain. I uh, love Storm so much. Yeah. Do you hope? She, I hope in '97 she's got one. Well, I hope she keeps her campy, like over the top, for both monologues. But I also hope she gets more like stories revolved around her. They the weird the weird part of the animated series that always bugged me. And now they're reading. I'm reading back through it, and it makes sense. In the animated series, she can just like change into her costume, and it seems very magical, and they don't explain it. In the comics, they're like, "Yeah, electricity changes her clothing to its costume." <laughs> Very much brought up, and I was like, "Oh, why, why didn't they just say that?" I never <laughs> thought about that before. Actually, to be honest with you, I know the scene you're talking about in like the first episode. She just goes and she has her magical girl transformation, but um, I didn't know she actually did that in the comics. Look at that! I didn't. 
that really I, I know with Jean, it was all about her rearranging her molecules. Yes, it only happened like twice and they never bring it up again because they rarely go into plain clothes after like a certain time period. Do you ever wonder like how often they dry clean their suits? <laughs> I you know what? Reed Richards has like a side business at the Baxter building where all the heroes can just drop everything off. Because you know that bitch has like ownership and a monopoly on all of the superhero like costumes and how those like flex and like contour to the hero's body. Or just like the Professor X had weird technology, he had the hollow watch from like way back in the day. I'm sure he had something. Hollow <laughs> watch. Because he, he disguised Kurt back when they were trying to be people still, he'd like disguise Kurt. And I'm just like, where did this technology come from? Exactly. We, the Shi'ar did it, right? Sean, you always say it's, yeah, wizard no, it's a wizard. It. A wizard did it. A wizard but did in, it. in this case, it's just a Shi'ar. Just like wave your head and call it, blame it on the Shi'ar. The Shi'ar technology. Yeah. Okay. I love the little technology things in the beginning that they just forget about. There was the the Beast just created an X-Men power multiplier in like comic 10 and they just never bring it up again. Oh, yes, you're right. I think Chad from Grey Malkin Lane was talking about that. Do you listen to his podcast by any chance? I haven't. I think I've seen it on TikTok, maybe. Yeah. Or or maybe it's come up. Maybe I follow him on Instagram. I just haven't heard. I'm I'm not a TikToker, but he he goes to. So he may be on TikTok, but he's he's been doing it since um, issue one. And he's going through all of the classic X-Men stories and he'll do X-Men first class. He'll do the time displaced X-Men during the Bendis era. And I feel that that multiplier plot was something that either I was on the episode or I had listened to the episode and and they talked about it, the, the absurdity of those first, you know, few years mm-hmm. of the books. They're just all over the place. I'm very envious that you're doing a reread from issue one because I wish I wish I had the patience to do that. I would just get very I would abandon it after an issue and a half. It's tough. I'm on ninety I'm stuck. I'm back to the app and I'm on like ninety four. Okay. On executioner song and I cannot stand how the app makes you read crossover events. Oh yeah. I want to read these books in this order. They're like, oh, now you have to go back to this other book and like find that, search through it. So that's kind of an impetus right now. I'm just stuck. Can, can I can I give a dirty little secret? I actually have not read all of Executioner Song, and it's I I I know what happens in it. I've read the I've read some issues. I've read the summaries, but mm-hmm. I think once we're done with Apocalypse, I want to do Executioner, and I want to do a full. It's only like twelve issues, but I want to dedicate an entire season of this podcast to just Executioner Song to read everything fully. It goes full nineties. That's when you have all the like cables, infamous like scene where he's just like got all those guns and bullets. Bull- oh, I love it. I'm always gonna be a nineties kid. Yeah, just the ex- extremeness of it all. <laughs> Adam X is my favorite yeah, ever. Know. We all know. Oh Jesus, shut up. Anyways, ask our guest the next question, Sean. What are you hoping for in X-Men 97? Do you have any like oh. things that you're manifesting and projecting onto the show? I want Iceman to be more than just showing up once. I love him. I know he, he was in like two episodes in X-Men 93. Yeah, he, he was in the background in one and then he had his one spotlight. Yeah, exactly. I want him to show up more because he was fun. He was even then he was fun. Um, I want um there's just so many more x and i know they've teased it they're trying to get all these variety of x-men in there and i i'm i'm excited for that 
I honestly was not a big fan of Jubilee in the first time going around, so maybe less of her. That's my hope. I've said this before. I think Jubilee is such a horrible brat. Like, in the comics and in the anime series, like, I was reading The Phalanx Covenant a couple years ago, and she said something to, like, Emma Frost. She's here, like, what are you afraid of, Frosty, that we're all going to die like your students? I was like, how dare you say that to Emma Grace Frost, child? Know, know who you're talking to. So, I agree. I'm not a big, I'm, I've never been the biggest Jubilee fan. I think recently she's been written a bit better, but she's kind of a tough pill. To, she's very not Bart even- Simpson. Not even Vampire Jubilee? Oh, I hate Vampire Jubilee so much. You stroll. You know it. Do you like Vampire Jubilee? No. I mean, I'm not a Jubilee fan. I'm I'm not a, like I can't I can't claim to know everything about her from the comics, but from the show, I'm never a fan of that like trope of the the young one that like stumbles into the group and ends up saving the day, even though you've got a team of a lot, lot more experienced people with better powers. But um, I mean, that's ba- that's that was kind of the intro to her. She just lived in the in the walls of their outback residence for like a full year, and no one noticed. <laughs> and she was here, like, "Oh, look at these X Men going through the portal. I'm just gonna follow them because I'm a mall rat." It was so you know. And she had like a weird power that they got rid of in that scene. Like she could sense something, and they just never brought that power up again. And that's how she saw the portal. Interesting. I mean, plots that eventually go nowhere are a hallmark of the X-Men franchise. Well, they're just a hallmark of any like comics and especially like older comics, right? Yeah. Like th- th- like you saying you're going through the older ones and it's a bit of a slog. Like if you try to read anything back from like the Silver Age, I find because it wasn't the industry that it is now, the writing's so kind of simple and um just yeah, obviously made for a much younger audience. Yeah, and in the Jubilee, or Jubilee, excuse me, the Generation X TV movie, they did hint at very strongly that she was telepathic in there, if I remember correctly. I'm looking up to see what power that was, Drew, um, but I'll take a look at it. Oh, so Jubilee has displayed an immunity to telepath telepaths allowing her to remain invisible. She has on occasion used this ability to hide herself and to block mental probes from sentinels okay i don't know how that would at all have anything to do with with what was going on with the x-men oh well because the x-men were believed to be dead Mm -hmm. so that's why she probably would have been able to to see the portal and stuff like that i don't know i'm just speculating but i knew at that time the x-men weren't appearing on monitors and stuff like that exactly okay wait but so okay so your favorite x-men what you're expecting from x-men 97 how about who's your least favorite X-Man? And there is only one answer you can give. I think I already um I think I already said it. It might be uh Wolverine. Oh, that's right. You did really just oh, really presence in everything. Um yeah, he just shows up everywhere and it's like I don't I need less of him. Okay. okay. I think I think that's fair. I think. I don't know, for me, anyways, obviously the personal thing, a stretch to put him as like the worst X-Men. He's not the worst. He's I would love I don't think he'd be my least favorite if he just showed up less. Yeah. But he's also the same, but he's the character trope in shows and things that like I just don't don't go for. Like Raphael from Ninja Turtles, he's also like my least favorite Ninja Turtle. Agreed. So do, I fair. wonder if it's like a demographic thing. <laughs> 
I think that's also why I started gravitating towards Cyclops because they're always like this dichotomy between the two. And it's like, I don't like Wolverine, so I'm going to the opposite side. I'm so is is Leonardo your favorite turtle? Honestly, Michelangelo is. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. The same reason like Iceman used to be my favorite X-Men was like the goofy cut up that still like can get get it done. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I like Leonardo. Leonardo's definitely my favorite turtle out of the bunch, but Michelangelo is a second. Then Donatello and then Raphael. Yeah, agreed. I think that's fair. Oh, that's why we're BFF. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the right answer would have been Hank McCoy, true, but that's fine. We'll let you off the hook since it's your first time here. He hasn't gotten evil in my reread yet. He's still like, well, actually, he's not been around for a bit. Yeah, because he's probably with the Avengers right now. Oh, wait, wait, you know, you said you're by Executioner. I'm sorry, I was thinking of the original series. Yeah, he's Beast in in the 90s is very likable. He's a quirky scientist who's trying to cure the legacy virus and he hangs from upside down, you know, ceilings and, and he's quoting Shakespeare and, and he's adored. And the Joe Mad art with him is great. Jim Lee and Joe Mad do him justice. Yes, I know right now, especially, well, maybe not right now, right now, um, I I missed the last few issues. I don't really know what he's up to, but I know on Krakoa, he's kind of been a hole. Yeah. Um, But, and that's like, I don't know. I kind of wish he wasn't. I liked him being just like the stars and garters guy. Agree. Agreed. And I think in X-Force, they've talked that he, his backups only go up to his time with the Avengers. So if we can get a Hank who is like BFFs with Wonder Man back in the comics, I think I could be happy with that. I I, I could be okay with them wiping the character clean up until that era. Yeah, but they, it's, it's a fun drama, I guess. It's a neat little, like, the treble genius. You can't have a genius character that doesn't go evil, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. I would say, too, on the cartoon, he's quite a fun character. Yeah, George Buza does such a great job voicing him. Yeah. So maybe if they just go back to like that kind of style. Like you said, which is like that like Shakespeare quoting, like Yeah, quirky scientist who's yeah. just trying to save mutant kind. Not not offensive. But I love that he gets replaced by Dark Beast during the onslaught era and like no one notices. Or if they do, they're just like, eh, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> like, who cares? I but... wonder if Dark Beast during the ninety seven x-men 97 show i know i would love if they bring in dark beast for x-men 97 that would be amazing i haven't gotten i i don't know what's going on with beast in in x-men 97 other than george Buza is returning in the role him cal dodd and lenore zan are all they're the only three returning in those their original roles which were which one are they are they so uh george Buza is beast lenore zan is rogue and Cal Dodd is Wolverine. I thought I recognized Lenore and I thought that was Rogue. It sounds very like a Rogue voice actor. <laughs> we love Lenore and we're going to be doing an in conversation with her at LA Comic Con on Sunday, December 3rd at 1 p.m., which is my birthday. So, Familia, go check us out there. It'll be fun. Okay. Let's talk about so, your cosplay, though. Yeah. Let's talk about your cosplay. So, what, what got you into cosplay? What was the first one you did? Talk us through that journey. Um, okay. Uh, I had just been getting into cosplay. I just been going to Dragon Con for a few years before I got into cosplay proper. Um, and if you haven't been, it is very much like, as opposed to most cons I've been to, it is 90% people in cosplay. Okay. Even if it's just like your cosplay is, is a, a t-shirt and pants that are very much matching a character, almost everyone there is in something. So you kind of just like, it's just like this weird 
like you want to participate. Um, and my first cosplay would have my first one that I made that wasn't just like a t-shirt, which are still valid, but I like what me making. Yeah. I like it was probably Nuptuck from Legend of Korra. Yes. Wait, Wait I don't know that character. Let me Google really quickly. What's it called again? Uh, Nuktuk. Go on Drew's Instagram. It's like one of the top ones. Oh, okay. My Instagram profile picture is still. He's just okay. a white vest, a little necklace. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay, I'm seeing it here. Yes. Uh, that was the first one because it was very much like it's easy and it's the summer in Ju- in uh, in Atlanta. So I was like, I need something that's not hot. But then I made a fur vest that was very hot. And so I just regretted it immediately. Amazing. So a big, big legend, big like avatar fun then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, um, and, and this may be the vodka kicking in and I'm just not absorbing it. Is it because you grew up in Atlanta and DragonCon happens there that you felt compelled to want to cosplay? Or what was that innate uh, draw? to wanting to cosplay to embody these characters because we've asked a lot of other cosplayers about that and and they talk about self-esteem issues empowerment loving the character what what drew you to do that initial cosplay Drew's like i got abs so i'm doing this character oh my god can we talk about drew's abs they're iconic just as iconic as his mullet um i actually cosplay and abs happen about the same time and (laughs) Um, both happened over COVID. I had no, I couldn't hang out with anyone. I had to like, just like find hobbies and go to the gym. And that's all I could do. Um, cosplay itself, getting into cosplay was, uh, like I said, like I, at Dragon Con, seeing all these people in cosplay and just like wanting to, when I first saw it, I was just like, this is kind of a creative freedom that they're taking, that they get to have. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, lo- I lo- my parts of cosplay that I like the most is like the creating behind it, like turning something on paper into this like 3D thing. Like nothing that works on a TV show actually works in real life. So I love being able to like turn this character into something that's three dimensional. Uh, and Dragon that's Con- beautiful, by the way. Sorry, <laughs> that's <laughs> definitely the vodka talking now. I'm like, that's so beautiful, Drew. <laughs> Drew, just show us your abs. How beautiful is that? <laughs> They're fine. It's November, so. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I that have- is very beautiful to say that you wanted to take something and make it 3D. That that is very lovely. Mm-hmm. It's I don't do yeah I don't do a lot of live action stuff to cosplay because I just that's already been done. I can see it in TV. Yeah. Um, I like to do something that I get to create. It's, except I did do one. I think I've only done one or two live action cosplays. Um, and one of them did involve a lot of creation. Um, I can go into that in a second. But getting it, like falling in love with cosplay was really just that creative aspect of it. It was just like finding a project and it kind of turns itself into a puzzle when you're trying to make something um, fit you. Mm-hmm. Look right. And then being able to just how to phrase this oh um being able to just turn uh turn it in work on this puzzle and turn it into this outfit that you can wear that maybe just gets to exhibit your love for a character that gets you like ingratiated in this kind of group of people where you all have the same uh joy and for these characters and like i said we didn't have comic book stores growing up so i didn't have a lot of friends that liked the nerdy things I liked. Same. 
Same. It's very, it's so interesting because the way fandom operates now is very communal base. And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people talk about the internal strifes and being an angry fanboy, but a lot, a lot of people forget that during the nineties, being a fan of something and even the early aughts, you were kind of like on your own with it. And you didn't have an opportunity to share that with, with other people. So I can definitely see with cosplaying why that would mean so much to you because you're, you're taking your love for this character that's two dimensional and bringing them into the real world. And that's that's camaraderie you form with others. Mm -hmm. And that's partially why like part of it is you get these mainstream characters that you cosplay as, and it is, very easy to find people to like we can talk about this character that we love together but then i also love to do like a really deep cut reference and then the one people the one person that gets it just like gets it and you immediately have this bond with them over that there's such a difference when you do a really popular character versus the deep cuts like you know me like doing cyclops versus for example jason todd who i still think is like quite a like famous character but i mean the amount of engagement jason todd is pretty iconic but yeah cyclops yeah, ninety Cyclops is huge, um, and I would say too, like you know, going back to what we were saying before, like I think it's probably a credit to the Marvel movies that it brought this type of like pop culture fandom of wh- whatever it is, whether it's Marvel, DC, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, all those things. Like it kind of got cool, and now I think you know, like I'll be really honest, like all through high school, like I've always loved fantasy stuff, I've always loved superhero stuff, like you know. I really downplayed that in my teen years because you're like, well, it's just not a cool thing you know, to do or talk about or whatever. So, you know, if you're at school, like you, you know, you don't really talk about it. Whereas now, like everybody and their mother watches Marvel movies. Everybody loves Star Wars. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a thing to be in the nerd closet about. Mm-hmm. No, you, you don't have to be in the nerd closet about it anymore. You used to get picked on if you had a comic book back in the day, or people would call you nerd, or if you co- collected the Fleer Ultra cards and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, well, to give an example, um, Critical Role did a live show in London last week, and I was on the pre release, like, like to sign up for the tickets. Not only could I, not, I couldn't get them on the pre release, I couldn't get them on the release day. I was there at the moment it went to sell. And I'm just thinking to myself, in what world do we live in now that I cannot get tickets to watch nerds play Dungeons and Dragons on a podcast? Do you know what I mean? Like that's the world we live in now. It's so funny. We we got invited to the Invincible screaming screening at New York Comic Con, and then when we RSVP, they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, we're full." And I was like, "Okay, well, can we at least get an interview with Robert Kirkman? Because you know who's going to want to interview Robert Kirkman? Because he's such a he's a comic book writer." Oh, I'm sorry. His schedule is full through the end of the year. And you're like, okay, well, fuck me then. Like, it's so interesting how they've become so mainstream and like Critical Role, a D&D podcast, you can't even get tickets. And you are a diehard D&D fan and you're like one of the OGs who are obsessed. You're a big D&D. Well, you're you're a D&D fan, right, Drew? Yes, I watched. I started Critical Role on their second episode. Really? the first one I, i've rewatched it since but like when they still had sound problems and you couldn't like it was grating to listen to at first. yeah and they didn't know the rules and they had that other player yes oh yeah the other player <laughs> old 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 back call back to the yeah, beginning wait yeah. so you you play D as well i i don't know the D world by i know because my bff here 
plays it and he's kind of looped me in on certain nuances but i don't understand dnd how did you get into dnd i've at this point in my life i put my foot in just about every nerdy fandom possible um dnd oh guess... that's right i'm sorry to cut you off but you're right video games cosplay comics dnd you actually have put your foot into it there's a whole board game shelf right to my left filled with board games that take like some of them take hours to do um yeah, uh, but do, Wait, you, do you collect legends as well? Do you collect action figures? I don't. There's just one thing about. There's a couple of nerd missings that I have. I don't do. I don't have collectibles because I don't see the point of owning something. It's <laughs> fair. Uh, I love it for other people. I love do what brings people joy, um, but I just don't see the point for myself. Um, I need to be able to use everything I own. You could go to Ikea, get an ugly mirror, and just super glue all of the action figures <laughs> to, to them. There's a point. There is. No, even the art in my house, I only own so that people don't think I'm crazy. You're minimalist. You should move to Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of light wood, stainless steel, and nothing. You do look like a minimalist. I appreciate that. I think that's your swag. Yeah, as you can tell, I just have a couch behind me. It's a cute couch, though. I love a floral design. <laughs> it's estate sale. It's mostly just up here to fill the room. Sometimes I'll nap on it. I My boss, a couple years ago during lockdown, when, when we started seeing people after lockdown, like the rules kind of loosened, I had him come over to our place, and he went into my nerd room, and he picked up an action figure of Psylocke, Marvel Legends Psylocke, and he's here like, Paul... This tiny effigy of an Asian woman. Do you know her personally? <laughs> and I was like, no, that's a comic book character. And he's like, so you collect these? And I couldn't answer the question to him as to why it's important for me to have an effigy of a character displayed in my house. But I think it's interesting how you said about, I don't know the point, because we are going to be trying to sell Sean on the point of collecting action figures in an upcoming episode with luigi and hammy okay yeah i know i've seen so many i do like a lot of legends that have come out recently though because i saw the new gambit one where they have them throwing cards i'm like that looks really cool it does it's very good have you done gambit no i don't oh, know you would be a great gambit you have the hair i think i love his outfit i don't see how and i've seen a lot of people make it look cool I just can't imagine myself being able to make what he wears look cool. The armor, the little pink armor, I think is... I also don't think it should be hard plastic. I think it should be like any other sort of latexy, stretchy thing. But everyone makes it hard plastic. Um, I, it's I, probably I, because there's like one or two vendors and everybody just buys from the same vendors. That's That's also why, it, you know... But he calls it armor in like, well, it was always a mystery, but in the recent Gambit solo run, he calls it like bulletproof armor. But at the same time, all of the X-Men outfits have always been bulletproof armor. Not always, but like even the latex stuff, they're like, yeah, it's bulletproof because of fantasy comic book science. The Shi'ar did it. <laughs> the Shi'ar did it. The Shi'ar did it. That's going to um, be our new saying, Sean. So I know I have a pitch for Drew as who I think he'd be the best cosplay for. And it's Captain Planet. Oh, because he got yeah, the hair. The mullet. Yes, I did go as Captain Planet for Halloween and as a freshman in high in college, and I painted my whole body blue and I had like a T-shirt that I just cut into a triangle. I think I could do a better job of it now. Now that I know what I'm doing, 
Yeah, I, I mean, there you go. Uh, Dragon Con 2024. I, Sean, we have to go to Dragon Con. It's in what? September? September? It is, well, this year it's mostly in August. It's the Lab- it's Labor Day weekend, um, which is Labor Day itself is like September 2nd this year. Yeah. Dragon Con starts the technically the Thursday before that. The Wednesday, if you really want to get up, show up. So that's like, hold on, I'm, I'm open to count. That's like the 28th. Drew, he is going to put this in his diary, as he calls it, and it's going to be in there for the next eight months, and he's going to yeah. plan for it, and I'm going to forget about it. So and then we're I'm going to remind him be like, we're going to Dragon Con. Well, weren't we supposed to maybe go to Dragon Con this year? It was like one of the ones we said we might do. Yeah, I'm, we I'm said we put might. It in. We, um, we knew Dragon Con this year wasn't really going to work. I think I, I was in Palm Springs no, that weekend or something, no. and you were on holiday as well. Weren't you? Uh, no, it's because I was going to New York and I was like, I can't fly back. Like, well, that's right. The East Coast. Right. But if I'm a bit more planned. Okay. You know. Oh my God. I would love to go to Dragon Con. Everyone always talks about Dragon Con being like one of the best. And there was like a flood at the Hilton one year and people then get like badges. Like I survived the flood at the Hilton. Yes. This year, that year, some storm cosplayer, it was like pouring and thundering and she just stormed. She stormed into the rain to get photos just because she was dressed as Storm. And she's like, I'm taking advantage of this weather. And like oh, her whole sure. costume got drenched. But it, I think it worked out for her. Oh, my God. I'm going to Google her. Like, that is iconic. I love it. Okay. So what is your favorite cosplay that you've done recently for, for yourself? Mm, I've got a couple. I think two one year ago, I did... Bruce Campbell's character in Doctor Strange 2. Oh yeah. I made a I made an entire like hot dog cart out of cardboard and foam and wheeled piece of wood. Um and I would just sit in the lobby of Dragon Con and hand out like little gummy pieces of pizza to anyone that came by. And like I Oh my god, so good. Oh my god, I'm obsessed. Like you're committed to this. I almost got kicked out. Not it was because they're like, "Where's your vendor license?" And you're like, "I'm cosplaying." The the hotel manager was like, came at me from across the hotel, and it wasn't until he got like right next to me that he realized I wasn't just selling hot dogs in his hotel lobby. Oh, um, boy, that's so funny. That was a big one. That also took a lot of time, and then I threw it all out after I was done, regardless of how much money it was, because there's, I'm never going to use that again. I don't need a yeah. fake taco truck in my life. Um, so that was a big one. I think the other you have one of my favorites behind you is the Hellfire Gala of Cyclops. Did did you fire. debut this at WonderCon? No, that was a DragonCon as well. Okay. Okay. Um, but I was told I was like I heard that there was gonna be a huge Hellfire Gala group at WonderCon, so like I gotta bring it again. And you were with our IRL God Queen and host of the podcast, Michelle Waffle Otero, who mm-hmm. couldn't make it today because she's in Disney World. <laughs> Disney World. <laughs> doesn't she she was there last year too yeah and she was laura dern the other night i loved it i made her send me all the photos of her as laura dern in jurassic park i love that but um, yeah i remember and i emceed that walk and i remember thinking my god that cyclops your look is like on point for that. Not, it took me the most effort i had to put into that cosplay was just preparing to start sewing because mm-hmm. i had no idea how to make that jacket that I'm wearing. It's the most absurd. Like the little the X pieces that go across yeah. it are just the most absurd pieces of 
Wait, I'm going to look it up online. To see so where did you learn how to sew? Or did you just like, self-teach yourself? Like, to cosplay, you're like, I'm going to learn to sew. But yes, actually, yes. Wow. Um, over COVID, like I said, I got into, it was when I started, like, making cosplays. And I was like, well, I got to learn to sew to make something. And so I just, basically what I did for this, I just had a suit jacket downstairs. And I looked at where seams would go. And I'm like, I guess that's where seams go on this jacket, too. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at it right here. Look at that. Yeah. And you do a lot of like 3D printing your own stuff, right? I did the mask for that was 3D printed. Um, Cyclops, a Cyclops visor was one of the first things I ever learned to, because I design, I design all the 3D prints as well. And I thought a Cyclops visor would be a fun thing to design because it, it like, it would challenge me. It has to go right up against the face. And it was a good base for any time I ever need to make a mask. Um, Have you ever thought to like just make a business making cosplay things for other people? I, I do that for, I've done that a couple times. Probably I need to start charging more um, now that I've gotten good at it. Um, but I used to like, I would do a really cheap, um, a really cheap 3D model for somebody because I know that I wasn't really great. I need, A, I needed an excuse to practice and B, like I didn't feel confident charging them a lot for something that might not be like professional quality. Um, but, and that's also kind of how I met jason and uh ryan cosplay was because i love ryan so much yeah i made a cyclops visor like i said it was one of the first prints i made and they found it online and they'd already followed me or we'd already followed each other but like having them just finding that online in the ethos and being like hey wait we know who made this we can see that's because drugalis is my screen name on the 3d printing shops as well and so that kind of like solidified our friendship right there Amazing. I love it. Can you do an Mcron crystal? Um, I Jason actually asked me to do that recently because he did. Um, he did one for himself too. Yes, he he ended up making it because I was like, I can, and it's probably yeah, for Eric the Red. Easy, but I just it won't be. It's hard to make things see through when you're three three D printing with just like the printer I have. Mm-hmm. I've done a few things, like I made a Nightwing Eskrima that you can like see through the lights at the tip, and it's very challenging to do right i think his his looked better than i would have done okay i'm just asking because i want to do nate for WonderCon, so i need an mcron crystal um you just steal jason's i'm just gonna steal yeah I was gonna say, is it jason's like in la just steal his i'll just be like hey give it to me bitch to be fair you know what i'm gonna i'm just gonna message him and be like i don't actually want to pack any cosplay i'm just gonna come to your house before steal and take everything. your omega red and i'm just gonna wear that is that fine i we, yeah. I don't want to spoil anything, and I know Jason does listen to the podcast, so I'm not giving any spoilers, Jason. But he has been doing some modifications to one of his infamous cosplays, and it looks so good. Like he sent me like a sample of what he's doing, and I was like, "You're just gonna break the internet like that." Like if you weren't already breaking the internet before, the, what you're doing, your new approach here is gonna be insane, and it's gonna be next level. He's so talented. He's so excited about. It. I know what you're talking about. He's yeah. So- I mean, oh, see, now I must, you'll have to tell me after. I'll uh, we'll tell you afterwards. We'll tell you afterwards. But all three of you are just such talented cosplayers. Even at New York Comic Con, we couldn't even take a couple steps with Sean because everyone's just like, ooh, can we take a photo of Cyclops? Can we take a photo uh Jason Todd? You know, the only difference is, no, see, Drew can sew and 3D print. Jason makes these amazing things. I'm good at, like, commissioning stuff. Like... <laughs> Ask me to find a vendor. Yeah, ask me to find a vendor. I can surf the internet and find find a salesperson for it. But um, in terms of making stuff, might like I can like spray paint things a bit and like glue things here or there. But like 
I my brain is not uh, like spatial. I'm not good at cutting straight lines. Like it's just not not for me. I'm pretty useless with anything in life, so I'm just gonna do what you do. Commission. I can't even find yeah. good commissions. I'm just like send me a recommendation. What I'm saying, like you know what, like getting cosplay props and stuff built, like it's not cheap right so that's what i'm saying like if you can 3d print stuff and you can do that you you can make good side cash or even you know some people like people are doing it as their full-time job and making decent salaries for doing something they love so i have to say the guy who did my both helmet he he like he undercharged and then like the shipping to like the uk i don't think he like thought it through so i ended up actually because it was like so good i messaged him i'm like you undercharged i'm gonna send you more money because this is like considering how much you ended up paying for shipping like it's offensive how little you charge so oh that's cute that's nice of you you don't want a good person well you know i I mean i'm a horrible human being see i'm not even good at pain i'm just like yeah i'll send you payment and like three weeks later i get a reminder and i'm like uh you overcharged me (laughs) (laughs) okay drew before we're going to do a lightning round of of questions but i want to ask you two questions before we get there because we asked this about from all of our cosplay guests one what is your dream cosplay? And then two, what do you think makes the X-Men so special? So why don't you start off with that first one? What's your dream cosplay? If you had all the budget, all the resources in the world, which cosplay would you do? Oh, that's... Um, that's I've thought about this before and it always changes. Okay. Uh, I think one of my real... One of the things that I'd love to do, and I have no idea if I... because. I've done Iceman once before, and all of his stuff is so hard because he's just like solid one color. Mm-hmm. Yeah, newest Hellfire Gala look I feel like would be so hard to make, but I really like it. Wait, um, which one? Which 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 the Hellfire new one Gala? with like the bolo tie and yeah, it's one of Luciano's works. Oh, I love Luciano so much. He is such good, at, and you've seen me in his other Iceman. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's iconic. It's great. It's, that one was a that one was a mess to make because I don't have a cry cut machine. So I, I have like, no idea what that is. Yeah, we're both like a what? What? A what? Like, so what do you mean? Cry? cry did you cry cut? when you cut it? What? You you feed it a design, and it just will cut out the design okay. um, for you. So it's basically like a printer, but you'll you'll feed it like a piece of plastic that you can then glue onto clothing. Okay. Oh, cool. So for Iceman, instead, I get bueno. A tiny knife that I would cut out all the pieces of blue, and like you see, there's this tiny logo that I'm trying to cut off and like make look good. And it was exhausting. Um, but, you know, I don't want to buy a new printer, so. <laughs> um, but no, it's Iceman's new look I kind of really want to do. And then Ninja Gaiden from the old Ninja Gaiden. Oh, movie. yeah. That. Paul's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just nodding. I'm letting the vodka just give my expression. It's just like this. It's a very big mix of a lot of clothing, but also being kind of slutty because he's just got these tank <laughs> that has a bunch of star, not uh, throwing stars on it. Um, it's a cool look, but it was like a two PlayStation Two game that I played. Okay. A lot. It's like a it's like an originally like a Nintendo game, the original one. I'm pretty sure it was okay, so. like one of the hardest, yeah, hardest games on Nintendo. Wait, what was a what was a Ninja a Gaiden? Ninja. Oh yes, I do know it. I'm seeing it here. Yes. They had an Xbox 360 release. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember vaguely. I never played it. Don't get me wrong. Never played it, but I know what you're talking about now. Very difficult, but it had a lot of. Um, it was a lot of fun. Okay, so what do you think make the X Men so special? Like, why do the X Men resonate with you? 
Um, I think, I think it comes back to the the found family trope is just like one of my favorite things in media where it's just like we are just together we have to be and we're going to learn to love each other and then they do and then it's just a matter of like fighting the things that would try and break the family apart is a lot i i was thinking about that earlier today as well it's like it's very i find it so interesting that i feel like they haven't fought a criminal since like the 60s yeah they're just like this they were just like fighting to stay together and i think that's very that's very like wholesome and enjoyable I love that's that very much. Answer. Yeah, yeah, that really is. I mean, like applauding for you, and and you're right because I I would say I mean I'm sure there there are like many stories here and there, but largely the stories really do focus on a fight for survival, right? House of M, the Messiah Complex era in humans versus X Men, and even now with the Krakoan Age, it is all about the X Men fighting for their place in the world, and I think that is a trope that really does resonate with so many people who you know, have to struggle to find their identity here. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, right. it's, it's nice. They're, they're, they're a great family. All right. So should we do a couple of lightning round yeah. questions, Sean? So this is so people can get to know you a bit better. It's just a whole bunch of dumb questions. So you just blurt out the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Are you Let's ready? Do that All right, here we go. What's your favorite Marvel character? Oh, oh Spider-Man. Favorite okay. DC character? DC character, uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. Cosplay that you'll never do. Never. D that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> Deadpool. All right. Video game you'd love to see adapted into a movie or TV. Um, let's. I could say Ninja Gaiden. That was that would be a great movie. That'd be fun. Awesome. Yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, all right, you're going on a date with somebody from the X Men. Who are you asking out? <laughs> um archangel um no let's do angel i don't know if i can get over like the robot metal but i just know original angel was a heartthrob oh stop it but daddy with his metal wings oh that worthington money paralytic that would be so yeah. useless <laughs> all right superman with long hair from the 90s or superman clean cut um i just did superman 90s era cosplay when he had it was war world superman and he had the mullet and, oh really? Well, I didn't do it because of the mullet. I did it because it was a um, dance party at Dragon Con, and I wanted to. Just wear <laughs> and it. he's in black briefs and a harness. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, I thought that was fun. I love that look. I think that was a fun look. Which Wolverine costume is the best Wolverine costume? Um, <laughs> and Evolution, because he has just the side boob window. All right. If they were willing to draw nipples, they would have had to for how much like side boob they showed on him. All right, superheroes. Underwear on the outside, yes or no? No. Wow. Wow, that's interesting. I think it's too iconic on Cyclops and Superman to ever get rid of, but I also think it's it's silly. Emma or Jean? Um, Jean. Okay, good. That's that's a wonderful answer. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> that was great, uh, but not in the Emma or Jean like I don't not in the competition between them. I think she needs she needs to be elsewhere. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I'm a big fan of Emma and Cyclops and uh, obviously Jean is one of my favorite X-Men, but 
I also don't like the trope that Gina and Emma have to be versus each other. But, you know, for the sake of this conversation, we're having fun. Um, Krakoa or the mansion? Uh, I feel like the mansion, it's got, you know, danger room. It just feels so... It's like Toll House cookies of X-Men. You remember, it's like the old-fashioned stuff. Love it. I love the mansion. I mean, we're excited to see where the mansion is possibly returning, you know, at the end of the, the Krakoan age here. Okay. If you had a choice, would you be on Xavier's X-Men or would you be on Magneto's Brotherhood? I like his villainous brotherhood. Yeah. Could never be a villain. I hmm. just, every video game I've ever played where you can be a villain. I've never been a villain. Okay. Okay. Well, I like enough. that. See, I think too many people gravitate to wanting to be villains and I'm, it's nice to see somebody be like, I'm going to be the hero. I tried for Fable to be the good guy because I wanted the halo that you would get being a good guy and I liked the aesthetic. But when the option came to like murder someone in the village, I was just like, maybe just one. And I loved it. And that's it. It was an entire massacre afterwards. It feels so bad. And they're like, oh no, my family. And I know it's not real. <laughs> You're like these poor NPCs. Uh, Do you play Baldur's Gate? I did. I played Baldur's Gate. Um, I got that in early access, so as soon as I knew it was coming out, I, I jumped on it. And oh. I saved everyone. I got an award for saving every possible tiefling you can save. Good. Okay. Iceman or Cyclops? Um, Iceman or Cyclops? I'm doing Cyclops these days. Okay. What's your favorite video game that you've ever played? Um... I know this is just an X-Men podcast, but I will say the Legends series is probably like stuck with me. Yes, that's a great. I mean, I Bravo. That is a wonderful way to end this lightning round. The X-Men Legends games were flawless. Sean, did you play them? Yeah, but I wouldn't say they are burnt into my brain as my favorite video game of all time. Jesus Christ, how do I mute this guy? <laughs> I powered through the ultimate alliance 3 that came out on switch just because it reminded me enough of x-men legends but it was not good powered through is an excellent way of describing ultimate alliance 3 yeah. and i i reached out to the writer and i was like hey man can you are you available to do some press you know we're kind of outlining this entire series and he was here like oh i'm really busy i was like you're too busy to talk about your video game and promote it like Come on, man. Yeah, but promoting like, it like years later, I guess like what's No, gonna... when they come out, 2019? 2020? Oh my it, god. I, yeah, it, my it's pretty recent. It is. I thought they were like ages past those games. So it's like nine months afterwards that I was like, hey man, oh, are you available? Then, yeah, no. And oh, because they were doing the X-Men DLC, because the X-Men and the Fantastic Four, they they expanded the roster mm -hmm. by putting them in the DLC. And it went from this like huge skill tree, huge equipment list to just like you have three skills and you have no equipment. Yeah, it's interesting. The, the, those are pretty. Those are pretty interesting games. True. I can't wait to see you at LA Comic Con. I'm excited. I'm getting there late, but still before my hotel will let me check in. So it's gonna be a very interesting day. Wait, where are you staying? Um, I don't know. Hilton maybe. It's right on. It's right next to it. Okay. I was looking at the Moxie, but I'll probably stay with my brother. Okay. I'm going to try and get early early admission to my room. I don't know what they call it. Early check-in. Early check-in. I went. I did an early check-in recently, and it was like 20 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Worth it. Like, it's yeah. fine. Let me just go in and sleep. And I think I was staying somewhere like a Hilton. And I was like, this is... Per it was like an extended stay America. And they're like, well, for 20 bucks, we'll let you in right now. I was like, thank you. 
please and thank you. If not, I would spend it at the bar drinking. So yeah, well, I need well, it. I hope you two have fun at LA Comic Con. <laughs> Sean, just come in. Yeah, sure. Just like, can't create... you just work work from home, work remotely? On an eight-hour time zone difference. I mean, it's fine. Listen, you you leave Friday, right? There is a con happening Friday, Drew. Friday, it is Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, but it doesn't it's start Friday. until like four p.m. Friday. So okay, I don't know. This is my first time going, so we. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. So you can just leave Friday, just have your out of office on, just be like, I'm at a doctor's appointment, and you come in Saturday, <laughs> yeah. and then you leave Sunday. Uh, uh, I'm sick. Oh my god! Like a, yeah, I've got the black lung. <laughs> <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Just I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust through the Krakoan gate. I'm literally like, gonna hide there for like hours, just for like the one moment, and I'm gonna bust through. And then uh, the girls are great. Smile's gonna be like, Why did you bust through my gate? Can you rebuild Jordan that is yeah, don't she's gonna fuck kill with me. Jordan. Yeah. She will come for you. Yeah. I love Jordan so much. That gate. I was, she's just like, I'm building this gate. And the next day, she's like, I finished this gate. Like, like, oh, yeah. The stuff she does is incredible. Her builds are insane. Her Lalandra, her death strike, everything she does. I'm just her Rachel. I still get notifications for all the likes that we did a collab post for, for Rachel, her Hellfire Gala. I still get notifications for it because it's sad amazing. Yeah, and she's still new to cosplay as well, too. Didn't she say she just started recently? We we had her on the podcast. I'm trying to remember her origin story with that. I know it started after her husband died. It was a way for her to cope with her anxiety and grief. But she had also mentioned that she had been a fan for years. And because she was living in like a house with other girls, she was here like, I had to be the cool girl. I really couldn't show my fandom. And it's like Jordan. Oh my god, that episode! I was walking to work in London, and I remember I could tell exactly what. And I almost started crying. I was like, "Since when does the power of X Men episode like <laughs> get me emotional?" Like, like that. <laughs> but like, I have to say, like honestly, her story really like I was like a mess, like walking to work. She's such a good human, and yeah. she's very warm and caring, and 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 that's what we love about this X-Men community. I think she's emblematic of it. As are you, Drew, and your talent and sort of your your demeanor on there. Like, I just feel like every time I see you pop up on my feed or when you're with our God Queen doing photos at WonderCon, I mean, you just embody the character so well. I just cannot wait for LA Comic-Con. I'm excited. I actually have the, I finished the visors and I'm excited to wear this. Let's this is- see it. Wait, can we get a preview? Can we get a preview? Uh, oh, wow. Can you put it on? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hold on. Let's see. Oh my god! Oh my! Look at him! Frack! I'm just gonna retire my costume. Wait, are... is that lighting up? No. Okay. No light okay. The way it was kind of shimmering, it looked like it was lighting up. This piece, I I had to print this so many times so I couldn't get it to cover my earlobes until I realized I should like make it jut inward. It looks great. Yeah, it looks fantastic. We need to do a con together, all of us. And Sean and, and Drew, you guys are Cyclops. And we're like the Cyclops multiverse. I'm not going to be next to him with his abs and all his good luck. No, Bitch, shut the not. fuck up. You have abs as well. Like, stop it. I forgot what photo we posted of you recently, Sean. And people were like, look at his abs. Or I think they thought I was you. That, that was me commenting from like another account. <laughs> from your burner account. You're like, yeah. love- more, more, more Latverian lad on the podcast. Um, um, you know what you, you guys should do? 
there's a con called MCM London. It happens twice a year. We covered it just the other day. Uh, and so rather than me having to fly all the time to America, why don't people come to London once? Because um, there's more of us here. <laughs> Sounds like I don't buy that at all. That's fair. But yeah. London's a great city. People we will we will go to MCM, but you have to house all of us. I will house each and every one of you. you I swear be. to God. I knew you were going to say that. You would yeah. just, And you would be the perfect host, too. Like, no, my Jesus. husband would be the good host. I'd be the mess, but he's a good host. So he'd be like, where are all these nerds in my living room? <laughs> and I'll be like there picking the mirror, like taking yeah. all those action figures off. And your husband will be like, thank you for saving that. I yeah, basically. <laughs> thank he's you. like, if you could just take it with you while you leave. Oh, I love it. Um, Drew, where can people hit you up on the interwebs? Um, mostly just Instagram at Drewglis, uh, D-R-E-W. G-O-L-A-S. I have a TikTok that has like three videos on it and I never use it. I don't but, do TikTok either. No. Uh, Instagram's the place to the place to be for me. Sites oh, where they yeah. randomly can find all your stuff. Oh, that's right. Do you have a store? I I sell some 3D print models on my Colts. It's like Colts 3D is the uh website and it's Colts 3D. It's linked for my Instagram, but it's also my username there is Drugalis as well. Okay. Yeah, if you're wearing, if you're, if you 3D printed something from Drew Glass, you know it's him then. Yeah. My favorite thing to do, and this happened like multiple times at Dragon Con, is seeing one of my prints in the wild. Because they don't know it's me, but like I have a few that are very iconic. Um, I have my other X Men, my other Cyclops Visor here too. Um, and like I added this little. <gasps> oh, wow. Um, so if I ever see something like this on a visor, I know that it's like, that's something they downloaded from me, which I love because I gave it a lot away for free. And I'm just like, yes, that, that one's out here and people use it and they can, their lives are better because of something I made. And I think that's awesome. So you I'm create picturing... the file and, and people can yeah. download it and then print it. I'm sorry. I'm such boomer here. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of Drew Dragon Con being like wasted in the lobby being like, that's my mask that you're wearing. Oh my god! Can you imagine if he's like raging. He's like, give it to me. Like, and he like goes up to them and tries to like take it off their face. I feel like I'm a friendly drunk. That yeah. makes one of us. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna comment. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, Drew. We are so happy to have had you on the podcast. We're obviously going to be stalking you at LA Comic Con. We'll be asking you so many questions. We can't wait to see your 90s Cyclops. Hopefully it's done time because it is not done yet. <laughs> It'll get done. The, yeah. the con crunch. Yeah. Sean, where, where can the folks at home hit nah, you up they can before, hit before your rebrand? Before you rebrand. the rebrand. Yeah, I like Barry and Lad on Instagram. Only Instagram. Like Drew, no TikTok, no X, Twitter, none of that stuff. Yeah. Or on Power of X-Men. I'm, I'm showing up now and again. Yeah, you, you're, yeah. you're kind of sometimes on the feed. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're on the feed when people send me lots of hard eyes. We are at Power of X-Men on Instagram and YouTube. We have a lot of exciting content. So yeah, hit us up on Power of X-Men and on, on YouTube and Instagram. <laughs>